the inner part of the individual, to the moral sense. Today we speak about values and how it is important to have them as if they were beads on a string or marbles in a pouch. But these stories speak to morality and virtues not as something to be possessed, but as the central part of human nature. Not as something to have, but as something to be, the most important thing to be. To dwell in these words is to put oneself, through the imagination, into a different time and place, a time when there was little doubt that children are essentially moral and spiritual beings, and that the central task of education is virtue. It is thus a kind of antidote to some of the distortions of the age in which we now live. I hope that parents will discover that listening to this program with their children can deepen their own, as well as their children's understanding of life and morality. If this program reaches that high purpose, it will have been well worth the effort. A few additional notes and comments are in order. Although this program is titled The Book of Virtues, it is also very much a book of vices. Many of the stories and poems illustrate a virtue in reverse. For children to know about the virtues, they must also know about their opposites. In telling these stories, I am interested more in the moral than the historic lesson. In some of the older stories, the line between legend and history has been blurred. But it is the instruction in the moral that matters. Some of the history that is recounted here may not meet the standards of the exacting historian, but we tell these familiar stories as they were told before, in order to preserve their authenticity. Finally, I hope this is an encouraging program. There is a lot we read of or experience in life that is not encouraging. I hope this program points us to the better angels of our nature. This program reminds us of what is important, and it should help us lift our eyes. St. Paul wrote, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there be any excellence in anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. I hope you will listen to this program and dwell on these things. Self-discipline. In self-discipline, one makes a disciple of oneself. One is one's own teacher, trainer, coach, and disciplinarian. It is an odd sort of relationship, paradoxical in its own way, and many of us don't handle it very well. There is much unhappiness and personal distress in the world because of failures to control tempers, appetites, passions, and impulses. Oh, if only I had stopped myself is an all-too-familiar refrain. The problem is one of the soul's proper balance and order. We learn to order our souls the same way we learn to do math problems or play baseball well, through practice. Practice, of course, is the medicine so many people find hard to swallow. If it were easy, we wouldn't have any such modern-day phenomena as multi-million dollar diet and exercise industries. We can enlist the aid of trainers, therapists, support groups, step programs, and other strategies, but in the end, it's practice that brings self-control. Good and Bad Children by Robert Louis Stevenson Children, you are very little, and your bones are very brittle. If you would grow great and stately, you must try to walk sedately. 
You must still be bright and quiet, and content with simple diet, and remain, through all bewildering, innocent and honest children. Happy hearts and happy faces, happy play in grassy places, that was how in ancient ages children grew to kings and sages. But the unkind and the unruly, and the sort who eat unduly, they must never hope for glory. Theirs is quite a different story. Cruel children, crying babies, all grow up as geese and gabies, hated as their age increases by their nephews and their nieces. Rebecca by Hilaire Belloc A trick that everyone abhors and little girls is slamming doors.